The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. From Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank all of you for listening with us here today. I'm very glad that you're joining us, and thank you so much for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community know about us here on Spirit of Recovery and letting them know about the great guests that we have and the really interesting topics that we have and how it does definitely give you good information that you can use uh, to deepen recovery. Thank you also for posting on our Spirit of Recovery Facebook page, and you can like us on Facebook. And also, thanks so much for sending your emails. I appreciate you participating and letting us know how life is going for you and what's happening for you and your spirituality and your recovery walk. So... Um, thank you again for letting me know that what we're doing here is making a difference for you, that it's touching your heart, and that our guests are indeed bringing you uh, really uh, substantive information and things that you can use. Every week we do talk about topics that are important to the recovery community. Our guests are people who are down to earth, who are knowledgeable and innovative. They are either people in recovery themselves or they are people who work with or write for recovering people and in the healing arts that will give you ideas for ways that you can enhance your well-being and your wholeness in recovery. That our guests are always bringing practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You know, of course, that you can listen to the Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can listen through your smartphone. You can listen via your computer. You can listen live or you uh, can go and to our Spirit of Recovery page at unityonlineradio.org and you can find lots of great archives and listen that way. So we welcome you listening live or uh, on demand and uh, through Whatever, whatever electronic device you've got, there's lot, as we know, there's lots of ways that you can listen. So again, welcome to the spirit of recovery. And we are a welcoming place here. If you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, or if you are the family member um, or friend of somebody that's in uh, recovery or that has an addiction, uh, you're welcome here, whether or not you are in your own recovery as a family member or friend. Or whether they are, if you're just curious about the process of recovery, you want to simply learn more about it. We're very glad that you're here and welcome you to participate in our discussions. Again, my name is Anna Schaus. I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister and an Addictions Counselor. I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that do have the disease of addiction. And over 30 years ago, those relationships got me engaged in an active path of personal growth and spiritual development um, of my own. And I am so grateful for that. So ever since then, my walk has been an integration of unity and recovery principles. And that keeps transforming my life and keeps me growing in deeper ways. So I am very grateful very delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and to hear what you're experiencing in your spirituality and recovery walk. 
Today, our topic is the healing power of music, and joining me is my guest, Janalia Hoffman. We're going to be talking today about the idea that music is medicine, that it's a profound way of finding our natural healing rhythms, and that it is an emotional and physical and spiritual path that takes us within for deep self-discovery and helps us to find out how it is that we actually have well-being within us and how we can support that. Um, We're going to be talking about how music and understanding music as medicine, music as a healing power that is natural, that is easily available to us, is a very key part of our recovery well. My guest, Janalia Hoffman, um, brings with her vast experience. She has been engaged um, in the field of music therapy for probably over almost 40 years now. She has a master's in music therapy from the University of Kansas, and that's a big deal. I, I was a graduate student at the University of Kansas in another department years ago, and the music therapy at KU, uh, that department, was always known uh, for its pioneering spirit and for really being on the leading edge of what was happening in the music therapy field. So Jana's degree is, is from that department, and since then, of course, she has done so much herself. She herself is a pioneer in the field of music therapy. She's a musician, she's an author, she's a speaker, and she is the owner and founder of her progressive company called Rhythmic Medicine, and you can find those that on the web at rhythmicmedicine.com. And she uses a synthesis of music, relaxation, and imagery um, to bring significant emotional and physical healing to many. She works um, with how music affects the body physiologically, and she has pioneered um, a lot of concepts with that. Uh, Her work's been featured in publications such as Prevention, Arthritis Today, Breast Cancer Awareness, and um, in uh, books about natural healing. She has her own book called Rhythmic Medicine, Music with a Purpose, and um, she has created 15 CDs. She, uh, Janalia works with a variety of people with real issues and brings real solutions. And part of uh, the group of people that Janalia does work with are people in recovery to help them find ways to support their full recovery. So, Janalia, welcome to Spirit of Recovery today. Glad you're here. Thank you. I'm really thrilled to be here. And, um, Again, just uh, value your work. I have right here before me. Now, this is a tape, so you know this was a long time ago. 1996, <laughs> one of your tapes um, <laughs> called Mind Body Rhythm that was happened to be have been published by Unity, and it's wonderful. And it it uh, it's that music at 60 beats a minute, which I know you'll you'll tell us about later. But I've I have listened to that many many times, and it has soothed my soul. So I've been aware of, of your work for a long time. But, Janalia, you tell us that uh, music is medicine. What do you mean by that? Well, by that I mean that there's so many aspects of music that can help us to go deeper within. So, And as you know, through unity, whenever we go deeper within ourselves, through meditation or whatever means, that it helps us to know ourselves better and to heal ourselves. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that, that I have done over the years when I first realized how music could help us um, enter meditation better, because most people will admit that it, it can be difficult to go into meditation with the mind being busy and focusing on so many things. And I found that music is one thing that helps turn our busy mind off and help us to get more into the right brain. And we know from research that it does that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. in my, back in the 80s, I was invited to be part of a pra- private practice with a local psychiatrist in Kansas City. He was very holistic and innovative. And so I was just really, I hadn't been in the field that long yet as a private practice. And One of the things I learned, because he said my job was to relax people and calm them down so he did not have to prescribe drugs, just for everyday problems like depression and anxiety. And so I tried all kinds of music to achieve this goal, and I found that, you know, in looking at a lot of the classics, 
the great composers did not write music with a healing in mind. It was written for spiritual reasons or emotional reasons or the court. But it wasn't to slow people down or really for healing. And so even though it can't, there's some of the great masterpieces have the healing in some ways. They don't necessarily help us slow down. So I started writing music at really slow rhythm. And this, as I said, it all came out of this private practice and my referrals that I got from the psychiatrist for helping people to calm down. And so I found that the more steady the rhythm was, the more the body tried to synchronize to that rhythm. And so I could actually get a physiological effect that way. So it's so, been an interesting journey of, of uh, you know, creating music for specific purposes. I bet. T- well, tell us some more about what kind of results you got and what um, were you, I mean, both in terms of what maybe people were feeling emotionally and also did, did you have ways that you were actually measuring people's heart rate and so forth or what, how did it work, especially early on when you were uh, trying to slow the slow beat? Well, the uh, well, first I should say that most music, even elevator music, is usually faster than 60 beats per minute. Mm-hmm. And it's usually not a real steady rhythm. So I started, you know, composing music with, with a discernible but gentle rhythm and with melodies on top of that. And I uh, worked with a lot of people through this private practice that had high blood pressure for example, and I had a program of training them. One of my programs was a six-week class where they would practice with this music at real slow, steady rhythm. And many people said that it gave them a point of reference because when you think about it, you know, if you're stressed, it's because your rhythms have gotten faster and faster many times, you know, and it's just, you, you don't even, you're not even aware of it because it becomes the norm. So when you take time to meditate once or twice a day with this music that was a very slow rhythm, um, it, it gave people this powerful point of reference that they could internalize and slow down and reach a deeper state of meditation a lot easier and faster. Mm-hmm. So um, I had, in fact, for my math, master's thesis, I taught 35 people who were all referred by physicians, by the way, how to lower their blood pressure and heart rate. And the majority did learn that, and they actually, most of them actually got off their medications or reduced them. Wow. That's because something. what they found was that, you know, their, their, high, their blood pressure was stress-related and not uh, a physical thing. And Mm -hmm. that is so common, and yet so many people take blood pressure medicines when they really don't need to if they can use this this technique to go deeper within themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's not only just for high blood pressure, but it's, you know, even if you have low blood pressure, you can hold your stress in other ways. Right. It'll be helpful. Right. Well, you know, in... Uh, people that are recovering from addiction, it is certainly not unknown and it can be um, somewhat common for people uh, to discover that even though they may have stopped the chemical uh, use or the substance use or the food uh, disordered eating or perhaps the disordered uh, relating to other people, um, that still there can be issues of depression and anxiety that are, are underlying all that. And those are really an important those are important issues that people in recovery often need to face. Not everybody, but a lot of people do, the, the anxiety and depression. So what did you find um, with your music regarding uh, pe- working with people with anxiety and depression? Did it, would it help? Well, yeah, yes, it does. And, and in fact, that um, the really slow rhythms, like even the 50 beats a minute rhythms that some people would say to me, well, now, that is so slow and calming, doesn't that 
how does that help a depressed person? Because mm-hmm. we think of depression as slow and lethargic. Mm-hmm. But what what my experience has been in working with people on the inner level with music is that when I use the slower rhythms to help people go deeper within, they find that the depression is caused often from uh, anxiety or some, you know, repressed anger mm-hmm. and frustration that's really, really repressed. So it feels like depression, but it's really can be anger. Right. So and they're holding that, stuff in. Hold, yeah, or just emotions that are held in. And so what the music does, it can help you to get in touch with this emotion. Because music touches our right brain, which is where all our emotion is stored. So if we've got some things that are repressed, the music can get in there and help tap into that so you can feel some of those emotions and get them mobilized and moving. And oftentimes that helps depression. So what I often do for depression is I start out with my really slow rhythmic music, helping people to just slow down and go deeper within. And then after they've achieved that, then I might use music, um, you know, more emotional type music. But I don't start out with that because I think uh, sometimes that doesn't necessarily bring out the repressed emotion. Mm-hmm. Right. That makes sense. So it's like people have to kind of quiet down to be able to be aware of it, I guess, in a way. Is that what you're saying? Right. And, and another thing that I found, too, is I developed something I call musical acupuncture. Huh. And I what wrote, is that? I wrote some music at a really slow, exactly 50 beats a minute, and but it's, it has... Um, a cello rhythm that's kind of repetitive in the bass, and then it has some bells and other, but it's got melody lines. But anyway, it's a, I have people actually bring this music into their bodies. And I tell them, you know, you don't have to know anything about acupuncture or energy flow, but I want you to just tell me how do you experience the sound coming in. And a lot of people will, who have depression, and this is really interesting, they will say, well, I feel the tones going somewhere in my body and sometimes it'll be in the stomach or, and they'll say that they feel, then they will get in touch with some kind of emotion. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, I had a lady who had a lot of anger and that she wasn't in touch with. And I said, well, I want you to just feel the tones going to body. Just tell me where they naturally gravitate. She said, I just keep feeling them in my heart over and over, those tones just keep going there one after another. And I said, well, just keep experiencing that as long as it's pleasant for you. And she said that the tones then as they kept going into the heart, then she started to make a fist, and she said, I realized how much anger I have. Mm -hmm. And she started to really experience that through the music coming into her body. Huh. That's amazing. Go ahead. It's time for our break. But we'll finish up this story oh. when we come back, this powerful story. Um, my guest is Janalia Hoffman. She is a music therapist. She is the owner and in private practice with her company, Rhythmic Medicine. We're talking about the healing power of music. Stay with us. We'll be right back here on Spirit of Recovery. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. 
visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Are you tired of life slamming the door in your face? Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Go into the locker room for one full hour with the championship coach every week and start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm very glad that you're here with us today, that you're listening. Our topic is the healing power of music, and my guest is Janalia Hoffman. Janalia is a music therapist. She works through her own progressive company called Rhythmic Medicine. You can find that on the web at rhythmicmedicine.com, and her last name is Hoffman, H-O-F-F-M-A-N, Janalia Hoffman. And she is sharing with us some just really fascinating and and uh, powerful ideas about how music uh, helps us to get in touch with our own natural healing abilities, how it can uh, help us with dealing with depression or anxiety, and uh, even things like high blood pressure. And she generally has been uh, working with this for a long time, and she's got lots of great experience. And she herself is quite an innovator and is a teacher and has uh, been featured in many publications. And uh, she, it's just great. So in just a moment, we'll be back to my conversation with Janalia. But before we do that, let's take a moment right now for the Serenity Minute to relax, to hear some beautiful, soothing music, to share a positive idea, and to take a moment to be aware of the presence of our higher power. And I invite you to share with me this constructive idea. I relax into the soothing, healing music of spiritual peace. I relax into the soothing, healing music of spiritual peace. And we take just a moment in the quiet. friends for joining us for the Serenity Minute and I trust that it was an opportunity to allow yourself to notice the presence of your higher power. And now I'm back to my conversation with my guest Janalia Hoffman and talking about the healing power of music. So Janalia, right before our break here, you were telling us a fascinating story about using uh, your technique that you've developed called musical acupuncture. You were telling us about a mm-hmm. woman that you were working with um, who noticed uh, as she was engaged in this process that she had a lot of anger. And uh, you, you were saying she was getting in touch with it, starting to make a fist. What happened next? 
Well, she um, she just kept experiencing the tones go to that one place. She did make a fist and expressed um, getting in touch with some of the anger that she had, and then she just kept allowing the tones to come in, and the, the anger began to dissipate. And she said she felt this sense of peace come over her, that she was it because of that music coming into that part of her body, and I'm a big believer that we store emotion in the body that, you know, can do all kinds of interesting things to us. But um, And it's different for different people. But by letting the music come in, if we had talked rationally about this, because people had talked with her about her anger and it just never got through, you know, it was there was a lot of denial about it. But somehow bringing the music in and letting the, her bring the music into her body, she wasn't thinking about the anger, but that's how she got in touch with it. And through releasing that, through that area of the body, she felt this huge sense of peace. And it did make a big change in her life. And I've seen that, you know, a lot of times with this, musical acupuncture technique of of people getting in touch with areas of the body where anger is stored and that helps them to release that mm-hmm. which can be very very powerful there's a book called the emotion code that's written by a medical doctor and he gives a lot of examples of how he believes that many illnesses and addictions are are caused from anger that's stored in the body and it's on the unconscious level. Mm-hmm. And that by releasing this, you know, you can you can make huge changes and shifts in people's lives. Right. So now it's you really have been a great go ahead. Wait, no, go ahead. You ha- you have say, worked directly with people recovering from addiction. Tell us about that and how you've used music um, in addiction recovery. Okay, well, I, I've done different things, you know, like I use musical acupuncture. I use the technique of getting more in touch with the body. But another way I have used it with addiction is through using guided imagery with people and having them substitute a musical high for some kind of artificial high. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that's very interesting, and you, you can really start to achieve that because when you listen to music, well, you know how you, I mean, most people have experienced really getting into some kind of music, but when you do it with the idea of letting it take you within yourself, um, you can literally feel high from that experience. Right. And, you know, one thing that happens in in addiction and whether it's uh, addiction to substances, food, what we call process addictions like gambling or or relationship addiction when, you know, you really get wrapped up in enabling uh, someone in negative behaviors or whatever, it does affect Uh people physiologically and it kind of dulls you and it's like, uh, you know, it varies whether it's a substance addiction or whatever, but it's... It really does have an, it dulls people out. It makes them not have much joy. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So it sounds like what you're saying is that music can get people in touch with some natural joy, or is that it, or yeah. how would you phrase it? Yeah, I would say that the natural joy that comes from getting in touch with your spiritual side or a, a deeper side of us where you can tap into joy. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's that's my point, that... You can um, use music in in that way consciously to achieve those those higher states of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, you know, and I've done that with. I have actually used my work with teaching people how to play the Native American flute and how to use it as part of the meditation tool. 
I've actually had people who were addicted to cigarettes, for example, who started using the flute as a substitute. Whenever they felt a desire to smoke, they would start to put the flute in their mouth and start to play something really, really simple and soothing. Mm-hmm. And the thing about the Native American flute is it is soothing and it's one of the easiest instruments to learn. So it's not like our traditional Western instruments where you really have to practice for years to achieve something that would feel fulfilling. Mm-hmm. So that's another way that, you know, using music on the inner level, which we've been talking about, but you can also use... I encourage people to make music, you know, to to sing, to play an instrument so that you have a way of using it as an outward expression as well as the inner level. Right. Tell us more about how you... Um use that and I've had the joy of participating uh, one evening in a drumming experience that you did and it was great it was wonderful it really created community and um, relaxation and it was just fun and and joyful so that I had one experience of that um, with your leading what tell us more about how you do that because I the live music making um, and how that's that really does work for people well I think that first of all, I believe that everybody is attracted to the arts, you know, whether they admit it or, or not. Most people have music in, innately in them somewhere, even if it's really, really deep or suppressed. Mm-hmm. And you get a bunch of adults together and you give them some drums or some instruments and, and they they start to smile and they want to play them. You know, it's it's just fun. So I think we have this natural desire to make music. And my specialty has been in using the native flute because I just am so um, enamored with it myself. I, I think it is an amazing music therapy tool because of how mellow the tone is and how much easier it is than any other woodwind instrument that we traditionally think of, like a silver flute or French horn or oboe or clarinet. It takes Mm -hmm. a lot less air. It takes a lot less discipline to learn it. But but drumming also, like what we did that night, you know, just something that you can do that you don't have to, you can just start doing it and expressing yourself. It can bring a lot of joy. And so there are so many levels you can go to. You know, you can go to a few drumming sessions and just have fun with it, or you can really start to go deeper and deeper into that practice, whatever you choose. Mm-hmm. But I think that the sound, uh, there there was a Swedish study done where they studied, I think it was 12,000 people over a long period of time, and they found that the people who were involved in the arts in some way had, they um, lived 61, I think it was 61, 69% longer than all the other control people who are not involved in the arts. Wow. And, and were they professional studies. artists or just people that were doing it? No, no, own? just some were professional, but some were people that just would go to, go to plays and, you know, musicals and things. Just somehow involved at any level. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty powerful that how this affected people's health and longevity levels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's something that we as a culture, in some ways we take for granted just because, you know, the arts are out there. But we also, I think, don't really understand the depth of it. If you look at indigenous cultures, Many, many, many indigenous cultures don't even have a word for the arts because their word is more like uh, something that is sacred. Mm-hmm. They consider the arts sacred and, a, and an absolute necessity. And in our culture, I think we think of them more as recreational. Mm-hmm. So, so, but, you know, I mean, if you start thinking about what would... 
what would our world be like if we didn't have the art? We didn't, didn't express ourselves artistically. Or we couldn't go to anything. It would be pretty desolate. For sure. What would be a, an easy way for somebody, and I'm thinking, you know, a person in recovery, but they want to get in touch with that joy, or maybe there's some feelings they want to get tap into or whatever, just feel good. What would be an easy way for them to incorporate making music into their day as just a daily piece or a week, sometimes a few times a week or something? How could they do that? Well, first of all, I think um, that's a great question. And I think people need to sit down and search their own soul and just ask themselves, what am I really drawn to? You know, if it's a, um, like, for example, I knew a woman who had been in a um, barbershop quartet. I guess it's not called that for women, but, you know, a singing quartet where they sing in harmony. She had done that for years, and she was really good at it. And then she quit, and she became very, very depressed. Mm-hmm. And um, her husband finally begged her to go back to these weekly sessions where they would practice in a group and sing. And she finally said she would, and she started to come out of her depression. So um, I, I think you need to look at your own life. If you've had some kind of musical training, and you feel like you want to get back into that, or some people need to start something totally different, new, and that's where a lot of adults come to me for the native flute to incorporate that in their meditation practice. But there's so many ways to express. I mean, you can join your church choir. You can join a drumming group. You know, just... I think you need to tap into your own intuition and your own world and decide what would be rewarding and then just go for it. Try it and see where it takes you. Right. And not get stopped by not, some of those old messages about don't, you know, you can't sing or you're that kind of business. People get a lot of right. messages. And yeah. They do. And I hear that all the time. It's really appalling. And that's, that's one thing that we You've got to get away from that judgmental stuff that our culture gets so much into, you know, judging the art. It's possible just to do your thing and have fun with it, you know, and not worry about the judgments and the performance piece of it. Um, the other thing I'd like to say, though, about using some kind of music on your wellness journey, especially if you're... Uh, recovering from addiction, and that is sometimes people will listen to music a lot that actually um, is not good for their recovery. I'll give you an example. Um, There was a, I had a client one time that listened to a song that there was a particular artist that wrote a lot of songs about addiction and drugs, mm-hmm. and he would listen to these songs, and, and he would he gave up drugs for a long time, but he said that whenever he would get depressed, he would listen to one or two particular songs, and every time he did, and he, this was unconscious until he started coming to me, that these songs would... After he would hear hear that a couple times, he'd get in his car and go to a casino or get in his car and go to a bar when he hadn't done that in months. And he realized that these songs were triggers for his addiction. Wow. And this is, what, this is a point I'd like to get across, that the sound environment is so much more powerful than we think. Okay, hold on to that. It's time for our break, and we're going to be right back in just a moment and really want to hear about this. This is an important point. Listeners, stay with us. Our topic is the healing power of music. My guest is Janalia Hoffman, and she's sharing with us some very uh, important ideas. We'll be right back with the Spirit of Recovery. Stay with us.
state of change, a period of transition? Perhaps you simply don't know which way to turn, or you want guidance on taking that next step in your personal or professional life. You can activate the power of yes with Reverend Beverly Melander. As a new thought minister and next step counselor, she knows how to listen to where you are and help you get to where you want to be. With 20 plus years of experience, she offers spiritual counseling and affirmative prayer next step counseling for your personal or professional life, as well as resume writing and editing. To learn more about Beverly's counseling services, visit beverlymelander.net. That's Beverly, M O L A N D E R.net. experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. And now, here's Anna. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. I'm very glad that you've joined us today. Our topic is the healing power of music and how we can use music in all of our, what we call our sound environment to enhance our joy, to maybe deal with some of those problems that sometimes we have in recovery of um, uh, depression or anxiety and how we can really uh, tap into joy and uh, deal with our emotions in, in uh, constructive ways. My guest is Janalea Hoffman. Janalea is a music therapist. She's been uh, doing this work for many years. She's a pioneer in the field of music therapy and has innovated um, a lot of uh, practices that are so helpful to people in getting in tune with their deeper rhythms and enhancing their well-being and their health. And she's sharing some great ideas with us. So, um, Janalia, before the break, you were telling us about a person, a man who was in recovery, but he was listening to uh, (laughs) drug-glorifying songs and wondered why he kept relapsing. But he came to you, and um, he kind of began to get in touch with that. So tell us some more about what kind of music really is helpful and about what you call the sound environment and what's really helpful for our well-being. So what happened to okay. him? Well, he, he just started to really pay attention to and become more conscious about some of the music he was really drawn to and what behaviors um, came out of that. And he realized that you know, there there were there was music in his world that really helped him, and then there was music that really triggered his addiction. And so, by being conscious of that, it made a huge difference on his journey. But an, another example of this is uh, I also work with people who listen to a lot of country and western and the blues, and that's their favorite music, mm-hmm. but. Um, in in some cases, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that there have been some studies done that show that people that listen to the blues all the time are more depressed than people that don't. Um, in other words, that old saying, you are what you eat, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it's kind of true, too, that you are what you listen to all the time. You become very connected to the sound in your world. Mm-hmm. Like there was a, a case of a professional basketball player that, um, you know, he associated success with the, the aggressive sounds on a basketball court. If you can imagine, you know, if you've ever been to a basketball game, it's really loud and aggressive and the, the rhythms are really, really aggressive. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has, he talked about when he became aware of that, that 
that he'd get in his car after a game and play really, really aggressive music because he associated that with money and success. And so he started to just be aggressive in all areas of his life. He even started to batter his wife and children until he became aware that, the, that you know, these sounds, he had to leave those aggressive sounds behind after the basketball games and, you know, change his sound world at home. Because all that aggressive music at home, he would drink alcohol more and then become abusive to his family. So anyway, it was this particular person talked about this on national TV and how just being more aware of his sound environment helped him to overcome the addiction of alcohol and uh, the abuse issues. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I think it's just important to really be pay attention and be brutally honest with yourself. You know, if you're listening to music that's kind of has downer lyrics a lot, and it's and it's taking you down or keeping you in a place you don't want to be, just be really brutally honest with yourself and and um, start listening to something that takes you to better places, either more spiritually uplifting or just takes you deeper within yourself or deeper meditation. There are different ways to go with it, you know, because you can listen to music for spiritual upliftment, for deep relaxation, or just for emotional reasons, too. But my... My advice would be to start using music more consciously and to not just always be in the same pattern with music. And if you are, that's okay, but really take a look at it and be intentional, and you can learn a lot from that. Right. Well, let me back up just for a minute, and then I want to come back around to what you're saying. Is it just the lyrics of a a song that would affect you one way or the other or does it have anything to do with the actual rhythm or whatever or what what would be important to pay attention to just lyrics or or the actual music itself or both or how do you see that well both because one lyrics can you know either it's like there's hardly any neutral lyrics it's either really uplifting to people or it takes you down Mm -hmm. um and then the to look at the what what is your goal with music? You know, what are you listening to for? I mean, like like I said, the basketball player he was listening to super aggressive music because he wanted to reproduce that aggressive feeling on the court. Or, um, for example, I talked the other day to a trial lawyer who's really successful, and he said. Well, he said, I use music therapy in my world. And I said, well, what do, you, what do you mean? And he said, well, when I have a really difficult court case, I get up at 5 in the morning, and I put on something like uh, Mahler or the German composer. He, he writes really aggressive, kind of angry music. Mm-hmm. Um, or Wagner is known for that kind of aggressive German kind of angry music. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of his sonic words. Anyway, he said, I put that on and I just stomp around the house <laughs> in rhythm to this music and I just get myself really riled up. And he said, I've noticed that when I do that before a difficult trial and I get into that aggressive music, I win the trial every time. Hmm. So I thought, that is really interesting. He is using that fast, aggressive kind of anger music to build up a sense of inner, kind of, not just anger, but inner strength, mm-hmm. and he says it works for him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's another way you can use music, too, is to think of fine music that makes you feel stronger, that makes you feel strong enough to overcome an addiction. Mm-hmm. Now, if you feel yourself ready to sink into some behavior that you think is not good for you, then put on music that helps you to move away from that. Because mm-hmm. music can really 
build your inner strength. I uh, noticed that one a part of your mission, Janalia, re- relates to this, that you're uh, talking about you, your mission statement for your work is that sound and the whole auditory world is a new frontier and that my goal is to create music that reminds you of a time when there were no harsh sounds. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. 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 That's, that really is, that really is my goal when I write music because I feel like our, in some ways our culture is almost numb to sound and, and the power of sound, and and there are a lot of harsh sounds in our world, and I just think that I find that people that come to me are really craving peace and a lot of times soothing kinds of things to help them just go to a place inside that uh, feels more peaceful and more powerful. Mm-hmm. So... That is that is one of my goals through the music. Right. Is it a this? There's probably no one answer to this, but is it a good idea or not to when you're in your home or when you're at work or whatever to quote play background music to just kind of have the radio on or or music on or not or is it better to just only listen when you're going to really listen or how do you see that in terms of sound environment? Okay. Well. I, I'm not a big believer in background music or especially like what you might think of as wallpaper music. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm more, I'm more into making, being more conscious of your sound environment. Now, sometimes, you know, like just a common thing that people have to clean their house and vacuum the floors and they don't want to, so they put on some kind of real joyful music that gives them a little energy to do that. That would be a way of using background music to motivate yourself, but you're also using it with an intention. Mm-hmm. Um, but but just to have... Um, just, just to have the, you know, music on all the time, some kind of sound to mask whatever. I'm not a believer in that. Mm-hmm. Because then, then music starts to not be very conscious. And also, um, I, I think it's important that we become comfortable with silence in our lives, too. And so if you always have to have on background music, I think it's important to take a look at why that is. Right. It's like sometimes we're using that to sort of mask something or escape from something in a way. Yeah, yeah. Mhm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. The um yeah, I think we are. Right. When just I know we just have a brief moment here about this, but I'm curious back to the Native American flute when people come to you and you work with them on on learning that or using that as an an opportunity to make their own live music. What are some of the things that you tell them? about that, about how to get started or what, how to use that about flute. The flute? The flute? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I... That's a... I'm a little uh, <laughs> hesitant on that. I have a two-hour class that I teach, and then I also do this through Skype, too, if anybody's mm-hmm. real drawn to this. But... Mm-hmm. Um, Mainly, I think they need to, one, see if they're drawn to that. And we actually, on our website, we have, and sometimes we'll have people call and I'll talk to them about what might fit their their needs. Um, it's important to get a flute that really does fit your, your body and whatever your needs are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... And then there are people that really don't need much training at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've played a woodwind or something, they're pretty easy. And we have a, or I have a DVD that I give people when they buy a flute. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if they're out of town, or, or sometimes we do Skype sessions. But a lot of times it's just one or two sessions to get them going. And it's, mm-hmm. it's one thing that's important to realize is that most people approach music from a music ed point of view of learning uh-huh. learning something like we're used to, but my approach is more from a recovery therapy point of view. Right. So it's more of an and inner And I think that's really work. important because it yeah. puts that's you that in a whole different mindset than just yeah. the, the kind of, there can be a lot of judgments when you learn something from a music education or performance point of view. For sure. But my goal is to go way beyond that and look okay. at it as a whole person uh-huh. um, project where you can grow and learn and not just an outcome of a perfect performance. It sounds great. we got to go. Our time is up. Janalia, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Uh, my guest, Janalia Hoffman, talking about the power of music. You can find our website at rhythmicmedicine.com. Friends, thanks for listening. Janalia, thanks so much for being with me. God bless. Have a wonderful week. Well, thank you so much. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for inviting me. Great. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. into your own hands? Bucking corporate religion in favor of finding your own path? Do you cross the boundary between religion and science? Or between religions themselves? Do you like a dose of humor with your truth-seeking? If you answered yes, you're what we call a holy rascal. Join Rabbi Rami Shapiro for How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Central. Rami and his guests will engage in lively, humorous discussions about what it means to be a spiritual human being in the 21st century. How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m., only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Things may happen around you, Things may happen to you, but the only things that really count are the things that happen in you. This meditative moment from Reverend Eric Butterworth is brought to you by Unity. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. 
I know that feeling and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.